Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. All right, sports fans, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Going to try to keep these regular going forward. You've heard that before. But this is uh this is gonna be a good episode. Um this time of year we even though most of us have just wrapped up hunts or just kind of maybe we even have a couple hunts coming to end the season, or maybe you're even doing a December, January type hunt down in Arizona or something like that. Um it's still inevitably time to start thinking about next year. The general tag application season comes up around the first of the year through, you know, March, April, May, June, June or so. Um, and so now's the time. And so, yep. Wanted to uh, jump on. I'm going to get uh, my brother on as well to finish out his elk hunting story. If you listen to the previous hunt series episode that we did he had to take off uh firefighter paramedic he had to take off in the middle of the call and so didn't get into that so i'm going to call him here and we'll roll that the rest of that story at least and then just uh kind of transition into you know maybe a little bit of our plans but also just you know how we generally would utilize uh you know, the different states and just application season success, we'll call it. And a couple, you know, key points and stuff that I've uh, made notes on. So uh, before we, before I give him a call, before I give Jason a call, just again, want to remind you guys, you know, we, we keep this purely un, unsponsored. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody has their hand in anybody's pocket here. There's definitely brands that we trust or that we've used uh, more than others, but we do what we want. We say what we want when we want on this podcast. So in return, the way that I make that justify it is, you know, I have these little side hustles, side business, backpack food, trailblazer subscription box. And it's really nice if you guys are looking to help out or support. That's how we uh, like to see it. So. Backpack logistics, you know, for your probably not this time of year, unless you're doing a again, unless you got some crazy winter month backpack hunt. Um, you know, we have our the custom meal kits that guys get real popular in the late spring and the summer and fall. But right now, that Trailblazer subscription box, I'm telling you, please go sign up. It is well worth, there's nowhere else you're going to get a better bang for your buck. I'm not trying to make money on those. I, in fact, the last few months I haven't, I break even on them with at my cost, right? In other words, there's well over the the cost into the value um, that you guys are getting and talk about an epic, like, you know, year long subscription box that you could pay for. Um, 
to, uh, in fact, that reminds me, I'm not sure if we have a, an actual way or a link to sign up for a full year, but I will make sure that's on there. Um, before this launches, I'll get a, I'll get Jason to put a one year pre-sell, you know, buy the whole thing and give you a discount, even cheaper price. If you want to sign up for the whole deal for like 12 month subscription box. So anyway, that'd be an awesome Christmas present. You get your talk, your spouse into getting it for you or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's also at backpack logistics under the, the trailblazer subscription box. So, uh, I think that's it. Uh, that being said, let's so we see if we can get Jason on the line here and we'll talk his elk tag elk hunt. I think he's driving. Yellow. You know what's sad is we just spent what three full days together at Thanksgiving <laughs> and found zero time to or podcast. Desire. Yeah, or desire. I mean it just listen, when you're like kids, right? My goodness, kids. Yeah, There's... that's the most that yeah, trying to podcast when family's around is like you pretty much have to drive somewhere and leave. Yeah. 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 And I saw my window when I was down there. It was one of the nights and like Friday or Saturday night. And you were, you were like the, your kids had gone to bed and you were kind of up working on some llama back, back country logistics stuff with the llamas. And I'm like, we were like, we were taking off, you know, it was late. It was nine 30 or 10 or something. And I'm like, frick, this is the time. Like, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I was just like, I don't have it in me. Like, I got to I gotta go to bed. So, Well, and you you said you forgot the recording equipment. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah, I don't think you had it anyways. Nice. Didn't have it anyway. So, well, uh, oh, well. whatever. Yeah, whatever. We're, uh, you're, you're driving. And so you got a little time here. Um, I kind of prepped everyone. We're going to get start off with your... <laughs> finish up your elk, uh, elk story from your hunt in, I don't know if you want to tell people, but, um, just an archery elk hunt. <laughs> you know, I actually, I had the state when I posted a picture, I had the state up there and I went back and deleted it. Cause honestly, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I just assume no one even know anything like, yeah. Part of me never doesn't even want to post a picture anymore. I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. But, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, you just feel like every time you say anything, you know, someone's jumping on a computer and just digging, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny because um, people get legitimately like they get almost offended. It, you know, I, for me, it happens more in person, honestly, than it does online. But in person, it's the same is someone will ask you where you were, right? And, you know, it's like, you know, and, and it would be the equivalent of you posting a picture of an elk and then someone messaging you, hey, you know, and, and listen, I'll do this. Like, I'll do, sometimes I will. I'll be like, what state? That's as, that's as, that's as specific as I would ever get is like, hey, what state was that? You know, just, I just like to, and it's not like I'm, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, but, maybe but it's because I, I, I already have a good idea of what I'm doing anyway, right? Like, I'm not the guy that's trying to, like, hunt down, like, oh, where are the, where's someone applying? Because yeah. I already know what I'm doing. Like, you could tell me what unit you're in, 
and well, I wouldn't. It's like but... it's like even even if someone tells you the state, for example, you're like, "Oh, where'd you kill that elk?" And I say, "Oh, this state." Um, you get on, and you're like, "Well, what states have a archery elk hunt that started today?" Yeah. You start looking, and you narrow it down to like five units, and you know before you know it, they have a really really good idea of where you're at, and it's just like, I yeah. don't know, it's just you can't hide anything these days. It's whatever. Like ultimately yeah. in the end, like it's like, I don't even really care. Cause it's just like, I'm, I'm just going to have to work harder and figure it out. Like, I don't really care who knows, you know, but it, it is kind of annoying. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being no. overly, par- overly paranoid a little bit, but no, I'm the same way. I hunted an antelope at some point during this year and I killed it at a certain time and I waited like it I didn't post the picture that day or the next day or even that weekend. Like I just waited until there was a ton of other antelope hunts going on. And then I posted up my antelope picture and didn't have the weapon in there or anything. It was just like, I killed an antelope. <laughs> yeah. isn't, isn't that neat? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, man. No, I I don't blame you at all. But uh, so that being said, um, what state were you in? <laughs> uh, state with elk. State with elk. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we know it was an archery elk hunt. That's all we need to know. Um, and and after the rut, it was post rut. Yeah. So pick it up from there. Let's hear this. Uh, let's hear this elk story. Well. You know, I, I applied and I, I tried to get you to apply with me and you, you basically told me like, no, there's no way I'm going to drive that far and burn that many points, um, for late archery elk hunt. You know, if I'm going to drive there and hunt, like I'm going to wait for a primo tag. And, and what did you, <laughs> as soon as I send you the picture, you're like, well, how, how many points did it take you? Well, like, to like, be fair, oh, I though, to, I might have to do it next year. To be fair, <laughs> you only found one single elk, right? Am I right? No, I found, I saw three bulls, but I glassed for about two hours. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, anyways, apply for this tag, get it. And I, I had enough points. I was basically guaranteed or i was i was right on the border and i figured i would draw though unless point creep was really bad but so i drew and yeah i mean didn't honestly didn't put much effort into it i had all these plans you know like every person every year like yeah i'm gonna go down and scout you know and gonna go do this man it just never happened you had obviously Um, scoured like on x or something like like you had waypoints or places to look or yes and no i mean i i looked it over um so i um i had a muzzleloader deer client and he was a he's a guide down there in arizona and um so he Anyways, he books and I tell him, I was like, Oh, I've I've got a um elk tag down down here. I guess I just gave away exactly whatever, who cares? Um <laughs> I've got an elk tag down here. Um and he's like, Oh, I guide in that unit. Like I've spent a lot of time in that unit. And so we worked out a little deal, like 
basically he just kind of gave me some pointers and some areas to check out. He wasn't going to come guide me or anything. Um, he basically just kind of gave me a bunch of areas, like not even specific spots, just like this area and this big area, this area, like these are good areas to check out. And like, I've seen good, like we were hunting a good bull here a few years ago, whatever. So he never went out and scouted or anything. So me and my wife, we dumped I was the kids. Go, yeah, we dumped the kids. It's like the it's like the only trip we get together all year. It feels like just uh, elk trip, and she's always like, "It's like this is the only trip we ever take together." Which she likes to hunt, so yeah. But we probably need to take another trip or two. So, you know, I was planning on going down three or four days before the opener and then she works on um she worked two days before the opener couldn't find anyone to watch the kids and so i'm like well three so i i stayed home and then i was gonna go down the day before her like that night and i'm like what is even the point i'm gonna get down there at like night and she's gonna be coming down the next day so we're like screw it let's we're just gonna go down together the day before the opener <laughs> and just I mean, I, I had like the first four days to hunt. Then I had to go home for three days over Thanksgiving. And then I was going to come back the last like week if needed. Yeah. I was even yeah 50, 50, like, am I going to be going with you over, you know, right after Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah. It's a ways, you know? And so I, I was really hoping I didn't have to go back just because it's, it's a ways. So we um we get down there that night with like a couple hours before dark and um just find a random camp spot um and just head off to this first little area the closest area to where we were camped that um my buddy had marked go in there and didn't see anything so <laughs> at this point i'm like so a few years ago, I hunted an elk tag in um, said state with my brother-in-law. And we hunted five days straight and never saw a single freaking elk. And so... Here we go again. We go out and glass that night, not a single elk. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Here we go again. Like, this is supposed to be a good unit. And I'm like, dude, these freaking units suck. Like, Nevada's way better. So talking to my buddy i'm texting him he's like yeah like usually don't see too much in there in the evenings like it seems like you see him more in the mornings and they kind of go up and over this um hill you know to bed and so we're like yeah we'll just you know we'll try it again in the morning so we actually on the drive out that night we actually did run into a couple cow elk um on the road so i was like oh there are at least some elk here Mm. So we get up the next morning, opening morning, and drive out to this little open spot. And I mean, we're we're glassing a ways. I've got like my BTX, and um, I got those new Sig um, Zulu sixes, mm-hmm. six ton powers. And like honestly, like I was a little let down. I <laughs> I don't know. I 
like I'd used them at home, just looking a couple hundred yards, and they seemed like incredible. Then get out in the real world and using them, the low light performance, they suck. They're just, they're bad in low light. And it seemed like when you turn the image stabilizing on, it, it even got like darker, like the light performance was worse. Um, then the field of view is tiny. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to looking through my NL 12s, <laughs> but the field of view is bad and just, but they, they did have like, you know, they have their place. I think like, I think they're going to be great for really windy days or, um, I'm really excited to use them when I'm horseback. So I have to get off the horse to classic and just sit on there and turn mm. the switch on. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, like I said, I didn't get enough time to use them to really put them through the ringer, but just kind of my first impressions was they're just, they're okay. Like the technology is crazy. Like how they stabilize. It's just, I wish, I wish Swaro, you think Swaro, that, would, <laughs> Swaro would come out with them. You think the tens or twelve? you think the tens or twelves would be different or better? Yeah. I'm I'm sure probably, I'm sure the probably image better clarity on the light. would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I they've got their place. I yeah. I I'm sure I'll keep either the sixteens or get twelves. But I need I need to use the sixteen some more to decide for sure. But yeah. So opening morning, start glassing and I mean we're glassing a ways like a mile or more probably two miles and I finally spot a bull looking at him and just kind of decided he's like a pretty nice five point. And it was right in the same hillside. My buddy said, it's like, they like to go up and over that in the mornings. And sure enough, this bull, he goes up and over it. Um, Ashley, my wife, she ends up spotting another bull um, kind of on the same hill. Look at him. He just kind of looked, like a nice bull just kind of short really narrow and then i finally i kind of glass down lower on a draw and i see a butt and you know it's obviously a bull and he kind of turned i don't really get a great look at him but i can finally see a frame and i'm like geez that thing is wide i'm like he's freaking like big he's got a <laughs> he's got a big back end he just looks like a big bull and where he was at was the hill we were on the the night before the opener. He was like 500 yards down below that, like right where we were the first night. And I was like, how did we not see him? I'm like, so there were some other guys that were on the hill next to us, kind of glassing up that direction. I'm like, man, I hope they don't see that bull. Cause he, he looked big. Like he looked really big. So we decided to just load up and we jumped in the ranger drove all the way back up to that point we were on the night before and kind of have to park at the end of the road and we hiked up on top of this point a few hundred yards get out to this little edge and i glass down and i can see him like bare eyes just down there feeding it's like 550 yards and you know i'm like thinking i'm like man if this was a rifle hunt like mm. we'd be done this thing was just super, super easy shot. 
so kind of get set up and look at him and i'm so i went into this hunt with the goal of like 350 or better um i just i don't know i don't have any i don't have any anywhere to put a freaking elk head anyways like <laughs> like i don't i don't need to shoot a 330 bull like i've i've been a part of killing plenty of them i mean i've only killed this is my third bull or elk i guess total i've ever killed it's not like i've killed a lot yeah but you've guided probably a dozen yeah and so like when you're guiding yeah you're not the one taking it home but it feels like you're the one you know like doing the killing sometimes so we sit and look at this bull and he's just feeding all by himself and he's down like in the bottom of this kind of wash on this, this hillside. This is about when you text me a video of him. Yeah. And I, I text you and I'm like, how big is this bull? And I don't, what'd you say? Well, we kind of went back and forth initially, like first, first, I think I was driving or something real quick view. And I'm like, Oh, he's three fifty, And then, and then we came back and we were kind of like, you know, cause you didn't end up going after him. Did you end up going after him that day? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, or no, it was after you shot him and we kind of went back and forth, but yeah, then I, I went back and looked at him a second time and I'm pretty sure I was like, dude, that's like, I think he's a little bigger, you know, I can't yeah, remember. You're you like, you can make him look 370. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm sitting there looking at him and, I don't, I don't like to get caught up in the inches game too much. Like ultimately, like they freaking, they look big enough and you're like, he looks like go for it, you know? And this bull, like he just had something about him. Like he just had like, you could tell just so freaking wide, wide. and he was heavy and he had like the coolest, like dark red colored antlers and i'm like dude he's just got like the look he just looks like a big old bull mm-hmm. so i'm like and i i even added up inches and i'm sitting there adding it on my phone i got like 348 or something and i'm like okay i'm not gonna not go after this bull for two inches. potentially two inches and i'm <laughs> probably wrong anyways which i was so I sit there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go down. And part of the reason too, is he, he went down into this little area that looks like a really good spot to stock. And this unit is super thick and just nasty. And so pretty much talking to other people, like if you, if you get a good opportunity, like you go, cause yeah. you might not ever get a, a good bull in a killable area again, you know, it's just so thick. So I leave Ashley there. She's got Chrissy, Chrissy dog, <laughs> who, side note, I'm, we just got her bread today again for the second time. So, <laughs> so if anyone's interested. Yeah, if we got any, we got some mini golden doodles coming right up yeah. about two months. I want, <laughs> use, use code uh, Finding Bacteria Podcast, and I want 10% commission. From that. <laughs> 5%. Deal. Um. So Ashley and Chrissy dog stay up there and she's watching and, um, so I have to drop, drop loop around. It's just freaking nasty and thick. And just like, uh, dude, the freak, that country is brutal. Um, so I swing way down around below and, um, I have to swing up, get above him and 
last I'd seen him, he was down like in this draw and, um, the hillside I was going to come down was actually pretty open. And so I thought I could easily sneak in. So I, um, I get to the top of the ridge, which was about 200 yards, maybe less 150 from where I thought he was. And I start, I start peeking over and finally see him. And he had come out of the draw and kind of went up on this little bench and had bedded down. I could see him bedded under this tree and I reined. It's like 130 yards. And I'm just like, there's no way I can get down this hillside without him seeing me. So I have to, I decide to, to back out, swing way up and around and get up higher. And there's kind of a big draw going down uh, next to him. And I get to the top of that. I peek over and he's at like 250 and I can see him just bedded under this tree. And so it's super thick where he was at. There was a bunch of brush, but there was only a couple trees and there was like a little patch of trees he was in with like three little pine trees. And it, there weren't any other trees within like 15 yards. So he was kind of out in the open a little bit. So I, um, I start sneaking down this draw and for the first couple hundred, like hundred yards or so he could, he could see me like I was in plain sight. But the thing about hunting elk, like, like basically like mule deer is they're so big. And so anytime he would move his head, I could see, like I could see his whole rack. Mm -hmm. And so as long as I could see like his main beams going back with his back tines sticking up, I knew he was facing like broadside to me. And then anytime his antlers would turn, I would stop, you know, I'd look through my binos and make sure he turned back the other way. And, uh, then I'd keep moving and, you know, with a deer, like you can't hardly see that unless you're, you know, yeah. hundred yards or less just because they're so much smaller. This, this real it felt like a, it felt like an archery deer hunt, honestly. Right. Just stalked in a, a solo buck. So finally get to the point where I'm going down this little draw and I get to the point where I can see that his, his eyes are now like below a bush. So he can't even see me. And at this point I just basically start walking down this draw and I'm kind of having to swerve around and it's super steep and thick. And so I'm kind of having a weave, but I can, I can just see his antlers and he's just facing away from me the whole time. So I know I'm good. So, you know, I get into like 200 and I get into 120, then get into 80 and I can still see his antlers the whole time. And I, so I finally get into about 60 and I can see he's like getting up and I'm like, Oh, frick. So I'm ranging it. It's like 65 yards and he gets up and he kind of walks behind this tree. And I assumed he'd went, he'd just gone through the trees and he kept walking away. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. And I kept going a little further and I could see like him in the tree a little bit. I was like, that's weird. I keep going a little further and I can see that he had bedded down again, just like he moved like five yards and bedded down again. And you can see his antlers sticking up. And if you look on that video, I posted on Instagram of me, um, standing there with my bow. Yeah. Um, that's where he bedded the second time. 
so that point he couldn't see anything. I can just see the back end of his, his antlers. And I, at that point I, I move in and I get into like 35 yards and I'm like, okay, this is close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm standing there. Wind is perfect. Like it's kind of a little bit cloudy and kind of stormy. And so he, um, you know, he's just bedded all day and I, the wind was perfect. And he, um, I don't even know how long I was standing there, like probably two hours. Like, I'm like, the thing that's nice about these late like bull hunts is like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to be super quiet just cause with a deer, you know, like any little branch that breaks, they're like hearing it. Like, dude, these elk, their hearing is so bad compared to a deer. Yeah. Like it's not even the same. Their eyes, they, they don't, I don't know. They're just not as like wired, I guess, as, as deer. Um, so, I mean, I, I was like, I was standing up and then my back would start getting sore. So then I'd like get down on my one knee and then I'd get down on two knees and then I'd just sit on my butt. And I, I was so close to him that anytime he would like turn his head around, I could hear him just like whacking branches with his head. And so I finally just like sat down. I was like, well, if he moves and stands up, like I'm going to hear him. So I would just sit down. Then I, anytime I'd hear anything, I'd get up and look and he'd still be bedded. So like two hours goes by, he finally gets up. So he stands up. I can just see his head poking around this, this tree. And at this point I'm like, dude, this, this is a big bull. Like he's so freaking wide. Like that's all I could see. Anytime he'd like face in my direction, I'm like, dude, he's just so wide. So of course he gets up. This was probably like one o'clock and thinking he's going to come out and feed for a minute. He just like goes and he, he like buries himself into this, the, the tree, the next tree that's completely blocking my view again. He just like buries himself up in there. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. And beds down again. So here we go again. I'm sitting there. Wind's still good. Like another two hours goes by. And at this, like I had left my water up top. Of course. I left everything. Yeah. And like, I've, I've got like that Kuyu, um stocking pack and yeah, it's sitting at camp. <laughs> Um, so that would have been nice to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause frankly, we like, when we left camp that morning, we're just like, we're not going to see anything anyway. No, no. We're like, this is going to be a long hunt. Like, um, so, uh, I don't know what time he got up, like three, three 30. So he finally gets up. I jump up to my feet and he um i can tell he's starting he turns to the left and starts coming out and i i come to full draw as soon as his vitals clear the tree i gave him a meow and he just freezes and turns and looks right at me and this is where everything kind of went south so like i don't i don't know what happened but i basically i rushed i rushed the shot and made a freaking horrible shot like frankly is like probably the worst shot i've ever made considering like the slam slam yeah like the slam dunk circumstances so i think a lot of it had to do with 
like I've made shots. Like I'm not, I won't even like I'm, I killed the buck two years ago, like 82 yards. Okay. And I freaking 10 ringed him. It was like the best shot I've ever made. It felt so good. Came to full draw. I was so steady. There was zero wind, just perfect. Just, and I hit him. Like I could not have made a better shot. And then I have this 35 yard chip shot on a giant elk, school bus mm-hmm. and I freaking, so I come to full draw. And I think part of the reason is I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, Oh, it's so close. Like this is an easy shot. Right. And so on a long shot, you got to focus like really hard. You come back full draw. You got to make sure everything's perfect before you shoot. And on this one, I think I just like rushed it. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's, it's 35 yards on an elk. Right. You can't miss it. So I come to full draw, stop him, go to shoot, and I freaking flinched on the shot. And arrow hit him, like, back and low. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you got to be freaking kidding me. I knew I – didn't, I didn't know, like, exactly where I hit him. I just knew I hit him low and back. I'm, like, hoping I hit him in the liver. And so the bull, he runs off. And I can only see probably like 50 yards. And I, as soon as he goes out of sight, like I stop, I can't hear him anymore, like running through the brush and trees. So it's now I'm like assuming that he's either going down or he's just kind of standing there or something. So I end up getting service and calling Ashley. And I was like, <laughs> so a funny story with her. She's, she's watching the whole time, right? She's sitting there looking through her binos for like hours and hours and hours on end. I've been not there. Moving. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So she's like, I have to pee so bad. Okay. And so she's watching the whole time while nothing's happen, happening. And then as soon as she gets, gets up and pees, guess what happens? <laughs> the bull finally gets up. I shoot. And so I'm like, she said that, well, <laughs> I don't, not to like, get your personal hair there but she's like while i was sitting there peeing i saw the elk come running out like with my eyes and I'm like, like what are what are the odds of that so she tells me she's like he just went like 50 yards and he's just standing there she's like he's just standing there like you can tell he's hurting and he's not wanting to move he's just standing there so the bull standing there for like 30 minutes and i it was so thick. I'm like, there's no way I can get over there without being loud and spooking him. I'm like, I'm not going to push it, which like, this is like the fact that I didn't like go after him and push him is probably why I ended up getting this bull, like kind of lesson to be learned. And I've, I've learned from experience, you know, you go, you yeah. go in too early after a bad shot and it's just a bad, it's a bad recipe. It's probably not going to yeah. work out. Um, so I go back up, get to my pack, and get a drink of water, which is nice. And she, she find Ashley said she's like he he walked kind of behind this tree, and I lost him, and I haven't seen him come out. She's like, I don't think there's any way he could have come out down without me seeing him, and he definitely didn't go up. So I'm like, well, he's probably still in there. So end up leaving. I go and hike back out, and I was kind of worried he was going to go out the bottom of the, the canyon. 
So I actually went way back down and around probably two, 300 yards down the Canyon from where I shot him. And I actually, I sat, I sat there in the bottom for probably the last hour or so of daylight, just going to try to ambush him if he came by. Yeah. So when I was actually hiking out, I kind of heard some like branches breaking and it sounded like maybe it was going down the draw. And so I thought, I was like, man, maybe this thing just went out the freaking bottom. Like, so I went and sat, um, just kind of ambushed him just in case he kind of came through the last hour of light or whatever. He never did. So go back to camp and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know where I hit him, but he was obviously hurting pretty bad because he ran 50 yards and then just stopped. Um, and go back to camp, get up the next morning and it's a freaking downpour. I'm like, great. <laughs> So you're starting to get that feeling at this point. I, yeah. I, I'm sure that's, I'm, we've all been there where it's like, hope is fading. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I mean, I basically had like, there's like one of three things that happened. That bull went out the bottom last night and who the hell knows where he's at. Hey, this is a family, um, this is a family show. Who the heck knows? There we go. So the other one was, he's dead somewhere in the bottom there pretty close or number three, he's still there in the bottom, but he's alive and I'm going to have to finish him off. I was hoping it was number two, obviously. So we get up that next morning and it's a downpour and I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like I wasn't expecting much of a blood trail, but like you never know. Um, so we're sitting there in camp and it's just dumping like, and it's, we're looking at the weather. It's like, it's supposed to clear out at like nine o'clock, like eight 30 comes and it's still just dumping nine 30 still dumping. Finally, it's like, it's like nine 30, 10. I'm like, we just like, I gotta go. Like we gotta go. If he's dead, this meat's going to go bad. Like yeah. we need to go down there. So we drive back up the road get to the end and it's still it's just dumping and ashley she doesn't have any rain gear she's like i was like you can just stay in the ranger if you want like and she's like yeah i'll just stay here and i said okay well i'll call you on the radio if i need you um so i go out there rain gear pants and jacket and i go down to where i had sat the night before after i shot him where i kind of was hoping to ambush him go down to the bottom probably two, 300 yards from where I shot him and it's just a downpour. And I just like slowly start working up this Canyon, this draw, just like, you know, and there, there's bears all over in this unit. So I'm, there's bear crap just everywhere. And so I'm half expecting to just run into a bear. So keep going up the Canyon, nothing, nothing. Didn't see any blood, nothing, no sign of anything. And um, the last draw we saw him in is kind of like a little, like a little side draw off to the left. So I kind of, I peel off this, um, into this draw and it starts getting like super thick, like, like you can't see more than like five or 10 yards anywhere. And the canyon, the draw is really narrow. It's probably only like 10 yards wide at the bottom. So I start working up this and I'm like looking on Onyx. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like right here, like where he's at. I keep going up this kind of bushwhacking and I, 
uh, peek around the corner and I can see like the bull laying there. And I'm like, at first, you know, you're like, Oh crap. Like, is this thing alive? And he, if he was alive, he wouldn't have heard me anyways. Cause I'm, it's just a downpour. You yeah. can't hear anything. Peek around. I'm looking at him like, Oh, he's freaking dead, dude. <laughs> and he, um, from where Ashley last saw him, he, he probably didn't go another 20 or 30 yards and just bedded down died there yeah and And like you said if you'd gone that night or whatever you know the night before and pushed him i mean it just man yeah i I don't know i don't know what time he died i mean it hopefully didn't suffer too long um i did i took the meat to the butcher he said a little a little of it was bad Uh, and he's like most of it was totally fine so yeah it's a that's a tough part of hunting man right like being in that situation and you know, you can almost justify doing the wrong thing by trying to do the right thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the rain, like if it hadn't been raining, we were getting up first light and maybe we still should have done that. Um, you know, frankly, I just didn't feel like going tromping around in a freaking downpour, which, you know, at that point I should have just sucked it up and said, you know, it's got to happen. Yeah. Which I ended up tromping around in the rainstorm anyways, but <laughs> so yeah i mean i hit him right where i thought blowing back definitely got him in the guts but i think i hit part of the liver probably i mean it really was like it wasn't a good shot by any means but if i would have hit him six inches forward it would have been perfect like um it was just i was freaking disgusted with myself on that shot i'm like dude this i should have just should have hit that bull perfect like there's no excuse but happens, I guess. So get a little then get a little uh, excited. Yeah, and, and so then we like maybe it was that night or whatever, and we're like relooking at all the video and stuff, and you're like, you know, we're back and forth of how big, and I put my basically my life on the line that he was over three fifty, <laughs> and what did he go? Well he i scored him like in the mid mid 360s yeah and he's just like beautiful bull like perfect everything nothing nothing nothing, like not even a chip yeah like when i get him back to camp and i'm looking at him and then especially the next day when i put him in the truck i'm like dude this is a freaking giant (laughs) i'm like he had a his in inside spread was like 50 and a half yeah inside that's definitely the first thing that stands out when you see him in that video is like, he just whoosh, goes around and like, holy cow, that's a wide yeah. bull, man. Just, I mean, they, when, when you kind of judge a bull on the hoof, generally the average width is like 40 inches. Right. Yeah. And I mean, his outside spread was like 53. Just like he, he, he was wider than his main beams were long. Yeah, the main beams I mean, were what did you say like fifty one ish, fifty two, like fifty three and fifty two. Yeah, just so you, like you, every everything was just way bigger than I thought. Yeah, you basically got a hundred percent of your spread credit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maximized, crazy. Yeah, crazy, just big fronts. I mean, you had like a seventeen inch third, uh, just definitely above average, uh, big. 
fours were good. He had a big fifth. Like, I don't know. Anyways, he, dude, he's a lot of mass. Like I said, just pretty. Just like the color of his antlers. He's just an awesome looking bull. Yeah. Well, so, that's cool. That's crazy. A, it was a cool story, man. I'm like, it all happened so quick. I'm like, holy crap, man. Jason's just. Yeah. Well, and it, like, we would have been hauling meat back to camp that night you know yeah if i hadn't have blown it like it would have been it would have been over even quicker we had One to stay <laughs> we had to stay a whole another day um you know just because by the time we got the meat back to camp the second day it was uh it was a uh, pretty uh sorry i'm getting stuck in traffic here it was uh already dark you know it was like seven o'clock or whatever yeah, well, and you weren't rushing home. You know, you weren't going to pass up one more night away from the kids. Like, No, no, <laughs> never. So. Well, hats off, dude, because, it, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just hard for me up here because, A, it is so far, but, B, it's like, you know, you're going in, and that's what we're going to kind of talk about here. So I guess this is a good transition, but, like, it's so hard to commit to, like, you know, a hunt like that, that's kind of late after, and you're assuming that you're going to have, you know, four, three, four, five other tags, you know, going into the year. And I think elk apps are, um, yeah, they open pretty early. Yeah. They're, they're pretty early, but it, uh, it's just hard to like, you know, that early be like, yep, for sure. Like that's something I'm going to be able to do, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. But. No, I'm like, I frankly, I, I probably just gave myself a false sense of like how easy that hunt is. Cause I, I would dare say that on most years you're going to have to hunt like a week for an opportunity like yeah. that good. And yeah, I just, I just got lucky. So it's probably, probably a little false sense of, <laughs> you know, reality. If I go uh, there, if I go there next year, I'm going to be like first day, like, okay, where's my 365 er Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I was talking, I was talking to other people, like people that my buddy that guides down there, I'm like, think I can find a bigger bull. And he's like, yeah, he's like, if you, you hunt, you know, he's like, you'll find something bigger, but finding one in a spot that's killable, that's another story. Yeah. And he's like, if it's a good opportunity, he's like, that's a big bull. Go for it. Yeah. So I got him, you know, on the ground. And my buddy's like, dude, that's like, he's like, that's like the biggest late archery bull I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure there's been plenty of bigger ones, but yeah. he's, he's a big bull. Love it, dude. Love it. Elk or not, I'll, elk or not be better. Yeah, elk are not better than deer, but if you're going to hunt elk, kill big ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, someone, like, at work the other day is asking, like, oh, are you'd rather do – are you a deer or elk guy? I'm like, dude, I, I don't care. I just like big animals. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, I like big bulls, big bucks. Old bulls. I don't really old care. Bucks. Yeah. You know, I just – just – trying to find something big at whatever you're hunting that that's what's fun to me yeah i could really care less what it is but well i went so, through i went yeah. through um i went through and made some notes here i've got i don't know maybe 15 20 minutes here i bet we can wrap it up but um so i went through and made some notes as as people are 
you know, getting into this point like where you're at, where they're, yeah, or where you were when you're planning your hunts and you, you know, you, you knew like that's, you know, again, the other thing is you, I remember you saying all year last year, like, I only want one hunt. In fact, you passed on like coming to Wyoming and a couple other hunts that you probably could have put in and draw. Cause you're like, you know, and, Which and I'm, you, well, I'm glad I did. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you, and you knew that you'd be guiding obviously. Um, and so we'll, but we'll talk about that. Um, one of the points here is kind of, you know, knowing how much time you have and how far off and the travel distance and scouting versus, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, the first thing that you mentioned was my first bullet point, I think was, you know, on this hunt, you kind of knew, you knew how many points you had and you knew you understood the draw, uh, process of that state. You know what I mean? And so that's like, if, if I just go through some of these, uh, bullet points, and then we can elaborate them on them as we go. That was my first one is, you know, as guys go into these, these application seasons, obviously understanding first and foremost is just understanding bonus points in general, preference points, the differences, um, and, and knowing that out West here, if you're listening from wherever Texas or, you know, the Midwest or something like understanding that points exist and that you have to have them, you'd be surprised how many guys I talked to, um, that, like, oh, okay. And then they don't know that they can't just go hunt here in Wyoming, for example, for elk without having three or four points, right? Yeah. Um, the difference between a preference and a bonus point, you want to touch on that real quick? Well, preference is just um, in the draw, they give prep, like, it's exactly what it says. Like, they give preference to people with the most points. So, if there's one tag and there's one guy with 10 points and one guy with nine points, the guy with 10 is going to draw every time because he has, they give preference to the guy that has more points. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, I was just going to like bonus, like Nevada. Um, it's just a weighted um, system. So basically the more points you have, the better your odds, like more names in the hat. And so your odds always get better and better and better every, every year, every point you have, but they're never guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's tons of variations. Um, There's there's, uh, tons of variations of bonus point systems. Uh, Like you said, Nevada, they square them. Some States it's straight up. Uh, You know, there's all sorts of variations but oh, dude i like i could not even imagine being someone who just started to hunt this year and it's like <laughs> i'm gonna apply for every state yeah and like dude i wouldn't even no idea like what is even going on yeah it's so every, confusing every state takes a phd um every yeah. state has its own little nuances and you know kind of system and process none of them are the same and and for you know, for better or worse, right? Some of those states, uh, you know, New Mexico, for example, there are no points. Idaho, there are no points. And so every single year, you don't have to worry about, well, how many points do you have in New Mexico? Don't matter. You don't have any. And every time you go into the draw, it's the same odds. This, you know, it's the same odds for everybody, whether you've been applying for 10 years and haven't drawn. If you put in for a tag that has 5% draw odds, it's 5%. Doesn't matter. So yeah. th- those are fun because they can become variable, right? You kind of, 
I mean, I put in and drew uh, one of the better deer units first time drawing down there and then haven't drawn one since, you know, and so that's the type of uh, results you can get from New Mexico. They can just be, yeah. you know, sporadic or whatever, but. Like Ashley too, drawn, she drew last year, first time applying for elk in New Mexico, drew a pretty good elk tag, like 5% odds, you know, right. yeah. and I, I've, I've been applying for, you know, five, six years, nothing. So. Yeah, and and the becomes a disadvantage in my opinion to you guys, the guys who you know s- apply for so long and don't draw because you're not getting any credit for it. But yeah. every year is the same no matter what. So, yeah. um, yeah. So no, knowing about points in general, knowing bonus points versus preference. There's even hybrid systems. Uh, Utah, for example, on their limited draw stuff, they'll have uh, a unit that let's say it has 20 permits. Uh, 10 of them will go in a preference pool. In other words, the, the 10 of them will go to the top 10 people who apply with the most points. And then the bottom 10 will go in just more of a, a random throughout the, everyone from top to bottom. Um, and so just, again, we don't have time. We're not going to go into that, but that's kind of the, you know, the, the key bullet point there. Um, Next thing I have here, defining your goals and how they apply to each state, right? So, I mean, you wouldn't have been applying for where you went to hunt if you didn't know that there was big bulls, if that's what you're after, right? If 350 is your goal, you're not applying for, you know, you're not, I don't see you go hunt the -the over-the-counter Colorado archery elk tag, right? Because you just... No, I just, yeah, I mean... Like, I, it's not that I wouldn't, I mean, honestly, I was sitting here thinking today and like, man, I'd, like a over the counter elk hunt in Idaho, like might actually be kind of fun, but your expectations would be different. Yeah, completely. Right. But like, I, I knew this was a good unit and I knew the only way I could hunt it is if I did this hunt because all the other hunts that are good dates or good weapons are freaking impossible to draw. Yeah. So I, I would rather go for the crap season dates in a good unit where i know if i work hard with a tough weapon yeah and and just with the expectation of go big or go home like if i i was fully prepared to eat that archery tag and i didn't care i'm just like i'm just gonna go hunt i'm like i know we're gonna find a a big bull because we're in a good unit but if i don't kill anything i don't care like whatever um so yeah. 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 Just, just don't, uh, you know, don't be the guy again, that's maybe new to the West or doesn't, he doesn't do a ton of research. And, and just cause you hear that everyone's hunting Colorado elk over the counter. Don't, don't be lying to yourself saying, Oh, well, well, three is my goal. And I'm going to hunt the over the counter archery. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> um, so have realistic right. expectations and kind of how they apply to each state and each animal. Um, you know, over, over the counter versus draw to, uh, over the counter stuff is going away. It's gone. It's basically gone. That archery elk in Colorado, as far as I know, is basically, you know, may, even these others that I'll touch on real quick, don't, they're not technically over the counter, but there's an, there's unlimited tags, archery elk, at least I know in Colorado for elk. Yeah. I know you can just stop right on your drive there and go buy one. Still there. the good old days. And and yeah. for better or worse, I know that's it's you know, you would catch 
a lot of flack for saying that that should change, you know, but that all depends on what your goals are because again, there's, <laughs> you're not going to go find a lot of 350 bulls on those units. Are they there? Yep. Do guys kill them every year? Probably, yep. but your chances are slim to none. Um, and so, you know, it's not, it's just is what it is. Uh, that's about the only over true over the counter unlimited tag that I know of in the general West. Um, these other states, uh, Idaho, that's coming up, uh, that will be over. To, it happens tomorrow as of this recording. Uh, it, I don't consider that over the counter because it's the tags are limited. The non-resident tags, at least, are on a quota. Some, the only exception to this is some of the the resident tags are still over the counter. I still go buy my deer and elk. Uh, general deer tag and elk tag over the, at, I can buy it at freaking Maverick here in Wyoming. And yeah. so sucks to suck. If you don't live in Wyoming or Idaho's the same way, I think they have their over the counters and it's unlimited and it's over the counter. Um, but again, that's, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. Cause that's only for residents uh, that get that benefit. So, you know, the, the non-residents in Idaho, they're going to be in a dog fight tomorrow morning. You literally have to take the day off of work if you're serious about it and yeah. pray that you're not 35,868th in line. Um, cause there will be that many people, uh, to, to make sure you get a decent tag. You probably will still get a tag, but not anything of any consequence. So yeah. I don't consider that over the counter. Uh, the Arizona deer, for example, too, you know, over the counter, but it, it sold out cause it's on a quota. And it, I mean, within what the hour or something like, yeah, I think it was, I heard a couple, like four hours. Yeah. Which, so so there's the second year. So next year it'll probably be just two hours worse. and then, yeah, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. I didn't even try. Yeah. So there's, there's a handful right there. You know, if you're over the counter type person, you just want opportunity. Great. Keep your expectations low. Just use it for what it is and work hard and go, you know, learn how to hunt elk or whatever. But, um, yeah, let's see what else. Having a plan. You hear this quite a bit, but man, if there's, there's some real importance to it is having a, a draw strategy, you know, not just, um, <coughs> excuse me, not just knowing that there's points somewhere and putting in for them kind of recklessly, but understanding that, you know, there's all these different tiers of where these individual states or the unit that falls in line with your goals is going to, how long it's going to take. Right. Cause listen, if you're, if you, if, you know, if you killed a bunch of elk and you say, well, I'm, I'm only after 370. Well, that's great. You better buckle up because you know, the, <laughs> the amount of 370 quality, units in the west are few and far between and they take usually a boatload of points or a lot of money to buy and so you know if if that's your plan like you ain't gonna be hunting elk you know we we have an uncle right that um just as far as i know just applied in utah took finally 17 or 18 points and drew his utah limited entry bull tag but to my knowledge, you know, he'd probably been on some hunts for sure, but I don't know that he had ever had an elk tag himself before that. And yeah, so, so that's his whole life, basically 17, 18 years at that point, And had never hunted, drew his one bull tag and went and killed his bull. Right. So 
that's the kind of thing you can expect. Um, you know, and so, but there's also the states, like we said, like the Idaho's and the, and the Colorado's that you can get every year. And then there's kind of the Wyoming's that are right in the middle, usually three to seven, eight, will get you, you know, the general tag on up to the, you know, the decent, uh, draw tags and stuff. And so anyway, you can picture that kind of like that every year, every other year, maybe two point units, uh, and then the mid, you know, the mid tiers where it takes three, four, five, six, and then the the big dogs, right? We're all we're all still wanting to apply for the, um, you know, the three seventy type units, but we want to hunt elk or deer in between too. So, yeah, having a having a little strategy where you just kind of, you know, all right, this, you know, and you can almost map it out. Like this year, I'm going to be able to draw this, and this year that. You know, and it might not be the exact unit in the exact state that you've got pinned down, but if you have two or three of those, you know, mid-range uh, hunts that you're building points for, one of them is going to line up, right? And and pretty soon you do this very long, right, Jason? And it's like you start looking at all the points you have across the West, and you're like, you know, holy frick, like I've been doing this for 15 years, and, you know, I've got, seven, you know, 12, 13, 10, 14, 10, 9, 7, you know, across all these units. And you can kind of start, then you can start getting selective, right? But making an actual plan. Yeah, actually having a real plan. So instead of just applying and getting points, which is what I do most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the bare minimum, right? We always get, want to invest in those points for the future. Um, Another thing I had here, and we kind of touched on this, understanding state deadlines and the systems. <laughs> I mean, Gosh. just, yeah, there, again, there's some of these states where you have to, for example, you have to pre-send in your, a copy of your hunter's safety or whatever to get your initial account set up. You don't want to be doing that, you know, at trying to do that at uh, two in the afternoon on the last day that all the apps are due. You're probably not going to get in, right? Or um, yeah. whatever it is. And so just kind of understanding that there are deadlines. Some States even have like, you know, elk deadline for Wyoming is in January, but the deer's in May or whatever. Right. So there's different things and they're spread out and every state's not on the same date. So, um, man, this is a good one for this hunt, right? Like being realistic about just your capabilities on the hunt in general. Um, you know, how much time off do you have? the travel distance, right? That was one, one check mark right there of why I was like, dude, like it, it's probably could be good, but like, frick man, like it's like a two know, day trip. It's like a two day trip for me. Right. And I can hunt pretty good bulls right here. If I really want to get carried away and hunt elk, <laughs> yeah. um, heaven forbid. Yeah. And then if you are in that camp of, you know, you, you didn't, um, but, but you also had two trips that you could go on. So this first one was almost like your, your scouting during the season. If you hadn't killed one, yeah. you just have used that as scouting time and gone back. But you know, the bigger that that number gets, um, that you're looking to kill, you know, especially like these, these late season type hunts for elk and, and all it's almost flip-flopped like early for deer and late for elk. It allows you to, take advantage of scouting more. You know what I mean? So like if you, yeah. when you found that bull, if you hadn't been able to kill him, like the, he's going to be there probably till March or April when he drops his antlers and maybe he's there all year. I don't know, but 
Yeah, um, I did find a pretty good shed on the mm. same hill I shot him on. So good chance those bulls are, you know, staying there a long time. But, you know, yeah. it, anyway, those those late bull tags, they, they almost allow you to go pre-scout them if you got the time. Um, and then flip-flop for deer in general, where we like to scout the deer early because, you know, if you have the ability to hunt them in August or even into mid-September, they're going to be where you find them in July, you know. And, yeah. and the, the difference with elk there, obviously, is they're going to push into the rut come 1st of September. Bulls are almost never where they're at, you know, in September or where they started in July when you find them. So it kind of makes it hard to scout them in general. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then hunt, hunt proximity and scheduling. Like that's, again, just kind of wrapping all that up with, you know. Uh, again this is a key to application success and and here's a pro tip especially if you're just getting started start close to home if you're especially if you're in the west the answer is almost always your home state (laughs) and if it's not your home state it's you know immediately close if you live in montana there is no reason to be driving down to arizona to go hunt elk right especially if you're if you're just getting into it you have some excellent elk hunting right there in your backyard so yeah yeah we, we, for years there, and you know, it's kind of, it, we don't, we don't apply and hunt the same. I don't feel like as we used to, but when we first started doing this, it was kind of a one new unit. We allowed ourselves every year, or at least that's kind of in my head. What, what I tried to stick to was like one new unit in a new state or something per year, because you just, you knew that you had to go scout it and lay eyes on it ahead of time. And he only had so much vacation. And that was still assuming that, you know, we might have had two or three of the other hunts that we kind of knew we we had hunted before, we had drawn before. And so we didn't need to go scout those. But, you know, if you try to stack on, you know, if you got a if you got if you're like most of us and you got two to three weeks off every year and you try to stack four new hunts in new areas that you've never stepped foot in. You ain't gonna yeah. you you either gonna maximize one and the others are gonna suck or they're all probably going to be mediocre, you know, it just doesn't work that way. So. Yeah. I don't, I've, I'm to the point. I don't even really, I don't even like to go hunt new units that much, frankly. Like I've got my, you know, however many units in this Southern Nevada, Southern Utah area. And those are the units I know. And like, you know, I just assume hold out and just hunt these units i i rarely like to go to a new unit you know i don't know yeah it's but i, think I that's mean that's probably how we're a little different you're kind of more uh, like the grass is greener syndrome <laughs> always trying something new and i'm almost like to the point where i'm just like i don't even i don't even care like i don't even want to try yeah not, yeah. not completely i mean like I've, i did on this elk hunt but well, like I've never hunted second, third, fourth. I've never hunted a rifle deer season in Colorado, right? And you know, it's like for for various reasons, I'm like, man, this is I'm gonna have to start learning some of those hunts or whatever. And you know, so anyway, there's there's plenty of good reasons to go to new units, but just don't try not to stack them all in the same year, you know, with two or three or four different hunts that are all new to you because you just, yeah. especially if you've got you know, aspirations of killing 
you know, a mature or decent sized buck or bull, um, makes it extremely tough, almost impossible. So, yeah. Uh, any other last pro tips on application season for guys? Um, man, the, the amount of gain, <laughs> you know, this is, this is goes without saying, but the, the 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 uh learning curve you can cut off with some of these services you know just like a subscription to epic outdoors right like is insane nowadays um i mean just so much more info right at your fingertips you know makes yeah. makes a little bit of the scouting unnecessary you still need to go put eyes on the unit and stuff but but as far as you know i i was listening to this on somebody else's podcast and it's like you know 20 30 years ago before really the internet hit full speed like there might be a unit in colorado let's say and it would have flown under the radar for 10 years before anyone even knew what in the heck was going on you know yeah and now Guys it's a smashing giants oh, every year not telling anyone yeah dude because like you know there just wasn't the amount of info out there and and now it's just you know, that's almost the information of, of what units are good has become the commodity. Just like, just like anything in this world, like, you know, the information itself has become the commodity. You can get it anywhere and it's, you know, but, but having a few of those little nuggets from guys who have stepped foot in the unit and stuff too, is, is, is the, the variable, um, you know, and that's where those guys, those guys like Epic come in handy right but um just yeah i mean it can be worth 100 or whatever 150 a year is just a no-brainer um to get a little you know info at your fingertips for at least a starting point yeah yeah i don't i don't know how where you'd even begin if you didn't have things like epic and go hunt or hunting full whatever yeah just make life a lot easier yeah okay bro well one of us has to get back to work are you unloading some hay or something i heard yeah i just hauled a dozen big bells down for the llamas do you uh do you have a plug for llamas that you're going to be selling um just probably some babies yeah <laughs> you can just go on the website uh it's kind of funny. I need to get a new website domain because <laughs> we don't rent them anymore. Yeah, it's rentpacklamas.com and we don't even rent packlamas sure anymore. Sure made a lot of sense when we got it. It should it should be buy buy packlamas. Pack um but yeah, there's like a an email subscription thing. Um you can put your email in on the sales page and I'll I send emails out to people. Yeah. Whenever we've got something for sale. Yeah. Oh gosh, there's <laughs> so, one of uh I've got some of the horses down here at my place and there's a this guy that has a a mare in with some of our horses and she is a B word and <laughs> she does not like to be caught. He's he's out there with the halter <laughs> walking out there to get him and all the horses are just running away. <laughs> good luck buddy happens Dude. with llamas too well with llamas you expect it like yeah you just learn to build a little catch pen and that's how you catch them and there's no other way to catch them but with horses you just get a horse that you can actually catch yeah you get a ponchito 
Ponch, Ponch Eat O that will come <laughs> run into a single flake of alfalfa leaf. Yeah. All right, bro. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah. See you next week. We still got a, I got a bunch of more hunts we can talk about too. Yeah. Yeah. We can Bison talk. Bison hunt. Yeah. Yes. We need a couple, couple elk hunts. We need to get a three way uh, with, we need to get a three way with Wyatt on his, uh, on his buffalo hunt. Yeah. Cause that, that hunt was freaking wild. I mean, it, it was the most uneventful hunt until it was the until most it wasn't. Hunt. Yeah. It yeah. was crazy. But no, I don't know. Started off as kind of a slow year, to be honest. But the last, once we drew first blood on that bison hunt, things just kind of got crazy <laughs> the rest of the year. So, yeah, we got some other hunts to talk about. Okay. Well, okay. for now, we'll let him go. Appreciate it, man. All right. See you guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.